All right, good morning, boys and girls, and welcome to Grease the Wheels. This is your Uncle Jimmy coming to you from the Rock and Roll Garage with your weekly technician podcast that we call Grease the Wheels. Grease the Wheels. Hey, the, the subject of today's podcast is actually greasing the wheels. And I want to talk to you about uh, when you go to actually do that, when you go to grease the wheels. One of the things I'd like to say to you before I get started here is a lot of the stuff that we've talked about already sometimes gets rehashed and that's strictly because well you know you talk about something for 20 30 minutes every week for over a year and you're bound to repeat yourself uh i do have some new information for you though or some new things to look out for hopefully these tidbits will help you out one of the things that i keep yammering on and on and on about is that there is a immense a catastrophic shortage of automotive technicians out there and it is not getting better and as near as I can tell it is not going to get better in the very near future and in fact in the distant future it may continue to get worse worst it may continue to get worse lots of people are not going into the field blah 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 you know the whole the whole spiel uh, the new guys are not that great uh, we probably weren't that great when we were new guys uh, there are some people who are getting into the field. In my experience, uh, in the experience that I have going on right now anyway, I do have some individuals who are actually pretty sharp, who has, seem to have a clue, and who go at the job with the proper attitude and the proper amount of intelligence and come up with uh, excellent uh excellent results and so the future is a little brighter than uh, we like to paint it it is not quite as bright as management likes to paint it but uh, the future is not as apocalyptic as I think that maybe we would <laughs> like to see it uh, we'd like to see our bosses and our shop owners suffer greatly because of the uh, mistreatment they've had for some of us for many years and uh, it's not uh, maybe that's just petty but too bad. That's the way I feel about it. Anyway, I know you, you may or may not feel the same way about it. Some places that you work, management or the shop owner is okay and they treat you nice and they treat you right and they pay you a fair amount of money and you're happy with it and they give you raises from time to time that make you feel wanted and maybe they say things or do things that make you feel like a, a, a valuable component to the business that they're trying to run. Uh, but I, I know that for every one like that, there's two that aren't like that. So one of the things I want to talk to you about, though, if you're going to grease the wheels, is I want you to be careful about where you grease the wheels to. So if you're going to leave a particular shop, and you're familiar, I mean, unless you're only there for a week, or maybe just two, and you're greasing the wheels again for whatever reason, and, and there's a million reasons to want to do it. Uh, unless you're leaving after a week or two, you know how things work at that shop. You probably also remember that when you were hired or when you were interviewing to be hired, that your boss or perhaps your service manager or whoever it was that you were speaking to about coming to work at that particular location filled you up with all kinds of hyperbole. They built up the place as if it was uh, the Taj Mahal and it was Fort Knox and it was, you know, absolutely spotless at all times and everybody there was great and uh, you know there was plenty of work and it paid well and the advisors always sold things and and I mean seriously they painted you a picture that was just unbelievable I mean it was like I can't believe they're gonna hire me here I mean it sounds so absolutely wonderful 
And then you get there and you work there for a couple, two, three weeks and you find out that an enormous amount of it, if not 100% of it, was complete fucking bullshit. So I want you to keep that in mind when you're out there looking for a job is that whoever you're interviewing with is more than likely in an extremely dire need for technicians. And I think, this is just my opinion in this particular case, and I believe that the more experience and the more training and the more can-do attitude you bring with you to a job, the more they're gonna lie to you. If they have a new guy, you know, somebody who's been doing it maybe a year, maybe two, and he doesn't know anything about air conditioning and he can't do alignments and he can he can barely even do an oil change, but he's mechanic and, and he's been doing the job and he shows up on time and they start telling him, well, you know, this is a good place to work. You can learn a lot here. Uh, the guys are okay. The parts department's okay. You know, everything's good. You know, they're not gonna build, build it up. They're not gonna go out of their way to make their place look like uh, it is, I can't even think of something to compare it to. Let me think of something to compare it to. But they're not going to go out of their way to build up the shop and the operation that they run it's to such a point where you're going to feel like you're just uh, working in heaven, okay? It's just not, not what's going to happen. But if you have... Uh, extraordinary amounts of experience. You are extraordinarily skilled. You you have a great attitude. You come highly recommended by people who know you, by people they've spoken to. You show up on time. You work every day. You're there. You give them 100%. And they're more likely to really reach down into their bag of tricks to pull out all the stops to get you there. And that includes building up how well they do everything irregardless of how well they actually do do everything. So keep that in mind. Uh, they're going to tell you that, you know, they, they, they pay bonuses and that they buy lunch every other day and that, you know, they have a cleaning crew come in and clean the shop and uh, they give you time off paid time off and they pay half your benefits and and they're really they're really going to lay it on thick okay depending on how good you are at what you do and you individuals who self-identify as an excellent technician or a really good technician you need to be aware of this because I have seen it a million times I really have they they tell you one thing and then when you get in there it's like oh oh uh yeah remember well we said we did say that in the interview but you know what that policy changed in between the time that we talked to you and you got hired and uh, you laugh you well maybe you're not laughing maybe it's happened to you and it's not funny but it's happened and I know it's happened where they they say things that just plain old aren't fucking true so what you need to do and and I I can't stress this enough for you as a technician attempting or or trying to or wanting to move to another shop find somebody who works at that shop if at all possible and and speak to them speak to them if it's a big shop you should be able to find somebody who will you know, uh, give you the straight scoop. Um, if not, if there's just like maybe a couple, two, three technicians there and you really want the straight scoop, for, for Christ's sake, just walk in and start talking to them. If they're talking to you about hiring you, they bring you and and you just wander into the shop, they're not probably going to say anything to you. They're probably be like, hey, what you doing? Oh, I'm just checking it out. And then have a little powwow maybe with one of the technicians there or another or maybe both. Or, or however many there are, talk to as many guys as you can and get the straight skinny in a shop, okay? Because I think what you find is, and I mean, this is this is a, probably in 100% of situations, no shop runs exactly like the service manager tells you it's going to run before you start working there. And you will be probably either somewhat or majorly disappointed 
with that particular uh, facility, that particular workplace, that particular shop, if you do indeed actually decide to get hired on there. Now, I'm fairly advanced in age and I've been to different shops. And uh, so I know when I roll in and they tell me certain things, I know they're bullshit. I know they're bullshit. So I think, and it's quite possible that the people I'm talking to can sense that I know this. And so I don't really get a lot of it, okay? Uh, what I mean by that is, can't bullshit a bullshitter, okay? If I come to you and I'm interviewing for a job at your shop and you tell me something outlandish, I'm just going to go, yeah, I don't really believe that, okay? Or that's the uh, first time I've ever heard that. Or you might say something like, come on now, really? Really? I mean, do you want me there that bad that you're going to lie to me and say that, you know, we get ice cream at the end of the day every day? You know, I, I mean, something stupid like that. I mean, you... If you heard that in an interview, you'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Are you kidding me? <laughs> is, is your old lady going to come down and give us head every day? You know, no, it's not going to happen. <laughs> don't say don't say outlandish things like that, okay? But beware of that because people who are looking for technicians are really scraping the bottom of the barrel and they will resort to all kinds of different tactics to get you to come work for them. And I think in a lot of cases, once you're hired, they feel like they don't need to uh, follow through with some of their promises, some of their uh, uh, intentions, some of the things that they said they were going to do. They don't think they feel like they're going to follow through for that. Now, I've made a list, and I actually did do this when I was looking for the job that I have now. I, I interviewed with uh, several different shops, and uh, I had a list of questions. It was probably fucking uh, two pages long, probably 100 different items. Uh, one of the things, and I mean, this is, it's ridiculous. I have it somewhere. I could probably dig it up, but I'll give you a brief synopsis of it just to keep it brief, uh, which is something I'm, really, <laughs> something I'm not really good at as far as you guys all know. But one of the things I asked uh, was, do they have some sort of uh, machine, some sort of device to get vehicles into the shop that don't run? Because I'll tell you what I'm really tired of. I'm really tired of fucking pushing cars into the shop that don't run by myself or even with somebody else's help. I don't want to do that. I don't want to be in a spot where we have to do that. I Okay. My thing is, if I have to get a car in a shop and it doesn't run, there should be some sort of piece of machinery there that can pull or push that fucking thing in. I, I don't want to bother anybody else. They have things that they're doing that don't involve what I'm trying to do. And I have to tear them away from that in case I need somebody to help me push something. Okay. I don't want to do that. I don't want to go out and push a car in. And I especially don't want to do that here in Texas when it's hundred degrees out. So have in place something to either push or pull a car in. Is that asking too much? I don't think so. And uh, one place I uh, interviewed with said that they didn't have anything like that. But they, uh, they also, in the same sentence, okay, and you know, mind you, there's an enormous shortage of, the, uh, of technicians for the manufacturer brand that I work for. So they said, well, you know, there's always somebody who will help you. I'm like, well, that's just great, except for I don't want somebody to have to help me unless they're just going to steer while I pull it in with some sort of vehicle, you know, whether it's my truck or a shop's truck or a forklift or a tow motor or, or maybe a gator, whatever. Uh, that's, that's my opinion, okay? I don't want to have to push cars. I've done that quite enough, and I've done it in the Northeast where sometimes you can't even push a car because there's just so much fucking ice in the parking lot. And a lot of times when that's the case, cars get dropped off by flatbeds and tow trucks, you know, a good half a mile from the shop. So am I going to push a car half a mile? 
fuck no, I'm all done with that shit, okay? Uh, there was a lot of other things on the list. I, I wanted to know if they had the proper equipment to uh, run the shop. I wanted to know how much they had per technician, okay? Is that is that out of control? No, it's not, because I don't want to wrestle with three guys over one machine that diagnoses the cars. I don't want to do that, you know? I want to have my own machine, okay, because I will... I will diagnose cars all day long and that thing will glow cherry red and I don't need any I don't need to have to wait for somebody else, possibly an idiot, to sit there and look at a screen and go, da, what's it trying to say? I don't even know. Like English is a second language or something. I don't I don't want to deal with that. So I ask him, how many testers do you have per technician? And and it's a high number. I usually uh, tend to look for the exit. Okay, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put up with that horse shit. Uh, what else was on the list? Uh, specific tools were on the list, uh, and I mean very specific tools. Like you know, did they have uh, the uh, pneumatic uh, wheel bearing pulling tool, or did they rely on uh, you know manual labor type of a tool to pull wheel bearings? I didn't. I know because because there's there's all kinds of awesome tools that you can use to pull and push, pull out wheel bearings and push in new ones in, in the uh, types of spindles where they are press fit. And uh, you can do them on the car if you have the right equipment. And the manufacturer I work for has this awesome tool that you just you slap it on there, you hook up the right adapters and crank it up and boom, it pulls them out. And then you switch the adapters around and it puts the new one in and you don't have to spend hours there doing that and you don't have to uh, break your extensions and your half inch drive ratchets and your impact gun and all that shit trying to get it out with just a regular fucking screw you know with a regular acme screw and you know those things are always stripped anyway because the, the asshole who used it before you never said anything to anybody about wrecking the fucking thing you know that's another thing that i don't want to have to deal with so this is these are some of the things you know and, and you I made a list I really did because I know how they are I know how shops are you know you say oh well, do you have this do you have that do you have this do you have that do you do this do you do this the other thing you want to do uh, is find out about vacation time when does it accrue uh, where I'm at now after the first of the year boom two weeks and I started in the middle of the year so I'm going to be there like a year and a half two weeks vacation I'm fucking fine with that. That's okay. That's one of the things that they said in the interview, and I read in the in the employee handbook that is true. I'm perfectly okay with that. That's cool. That's in my favor. The other thing that's not in my favor, however, is that they have paid holidays, but they only have five of them. And uh, to be honest with you, it's not a lot, really. I don't think uh, one of the holidays they don't practice. Or, or give us time off for it all is Memorial Day. Memorial Day Monday, we're at work. I kind of think that that's bullshit. But on the other hand, they give us Christmas Eve day off, which is the day before Christmas, and obviously we get Christmas off. So it's kind of unusual the way they do it. Uh, I don't know what the actual thinking is behind that. There's a mountain of uh, paid time off, which is excellent. Uh, that's something else that you should definitely find out about is do they pay you if you're sick? Do you have sick pay? Do you have sick days? Is it one day, two days? Is it a few hours? Is it nothing? Some shops, it could easily be nothing. What else do you want to look for? Well, I wrote some things down here. You want to find out about the healthcare. Uh, where I'm at now, the healthcare is provided gratis, completely, 100%, and I'm stunned by that, to be honest with you. And uh, it's pretty good stuff as far as I, I'm concerned. Uh, of course, you know, it's, it's easy to be happy with something that's free, but I've used it and it, in fact free. So uh, that's, that's something, but that's something that you folks want to look at. The last shop that I worked at, 
uh, was continually uh, switching healthcare, looking for the best deal possible. And then in their particular case, they were looking for the best deal possible for them and not necessarily the employees. So uh, you want to be careful there. If they have a good plan in place, are they going to change it? Are they going to stick with it? Uh, what What's going to be the uh, end result of, of being there? How long have they been with them? You know, what's, what are some of the deductibles? What are some of the co-pays? You know, these are questions you want to ask because benefits are ex- extremely important uh, nowadays, especially when you go to get a job. Because I don't think a lot of us really want to be on Obamacare. And I'm not sure how good that stuff is. I've never talked to anybody who was actually on it. And I'm not sure how much longer it's going to be around. Okay. It was uh, probably not the most well-conceived thing out there. Uh, I understand the need for it. Uh, but it, my opinion, at least at the timing of, of Obamacare, was not so good. Because at that particular point in time, what we needed here in America was jobs. And normally when you get a job... Then you get health care, but they had put the cart before the horse and decided that everybody needed to have health care, and then they would get, figure out how to get them jobs later, and uh, it just it typically doesn't work that way. And then it ended up that if you didn't have a job and you didn't have health care and you couldn't afford even Obamacare, that you would end up having to pay uh, a tax, a special tax at the end of the year if you didn't have health care, and it was kind of a bunch of bullshit, so... You know, you didn't want to have to do that. So if you are going to go work somewhere and they say, well, you know, we let everybody get their own health care. Oh, well, that's a great big fucking red flag there, boys and girls. I would definitely put them on the uh, do not call list. Don't call me. I'll call you. And uh, guess what? I'm not fucking calling you. You know, I think it's important for a lot of us because we have kids and we have a wife and maybe we're even caring for uh, parents, uh, you know, adult uh, family members that uh, have uh maybe some sort of advanced age type of a disease that we have to uh, look after them. So, you know, healthcare uh, is definitely an important thing to look into when you're going to take a new job and definitely want to talk to uh, somebody who has that particular healthcare plan, whether it's a technician at that shop or maybe a technician at another shop that uses the same stuff or maybe uh, a different dealership but with the same owner and they all have the same plan. Uh, definitely something to look for. Also, too, what you want to do is, uh, and a lot of, I think a lot of shops fudge on this a little bit um, when they talk about pay. Shop I'm at now, there is no opportunity whatsoever for any type of bonus. I'm not sure how I feel about that. They made a pretty flimsy argument for not offering bonuses, which was, uh, I, I think I spoke about it before. They uh, they don't want to offer bonuses and have some people earn them and some people not earn them. And then they're worried about the people who don't earn bonuses. And I'm like, what? That's just not, that's socialism right there, folks. That's not capitalism. Um, and I'm surprised that that came out of the mouth of a, of a dealer. But uh, no, you know, if, if you have a bonus available for you and you can work a little harder and obtain the bonus, great. But if what they're saying is that, that there's other people who might not be able to work as hard as you and, and not get a bonus. And so you have to suffer for the fact that somebody's not as fucking good at their job as you are. It, it was it seemed all uh, helter-skelter. It was all backwards to me. It's like, look, you want to reward somebody for working a little extra harder 
Uh, you don't want to not reward people because somebody can't work harder. It's, it's just not right. And that's what it boiled down to with the bonus plans. But I'm not that concerned with bonuses myself personally. I mean, I've never really worked anywhere where they took a bonus serious enough to make it consistent in any case, in any way, shape, or form. I worked in one place where they were keeping money uh, from warranty repairs and they weren't supposed to. That was money that was earned by the technicians. But the dealership decided that they were going to keep it. And then when somebody pointed out to them that they should not keep it, they decided they were going to pay it to us in a separate check and they called it a warranty bonus. So it was by no stretch of the imagination any kind of a bonus, so to speak. It was just money that needed to be paid for work performed. And I know that they fudged the figures immensely because this particular thing they called the warranty bonus varied so dramatically from one week to the next that there was no it was there was really no way possible that it was consistent by any way shape or form it was just it was a scam on their part to keep money that the technicians earned and they were a bunch of scumbags and they no longer own uh, dealerships or businesses of any kind that I'm aware of. And it's a good fucking thing because they were fucking thieves, scoundrels, uh, pirates. They were assholes, basically. Let's let's just call them right out, okay? Uh, they kept money that the technicians earned, money that was earmarked for the technicians. They kept it. They doled it out after they were told they had to. And then eventually, you know, I'm not sure what happened to it. I left there. They were They were just horrible at what they do. They were horrible at it. Some of the other things you want to you want to know: How do they handle turmoil? Not only in the shop, not only with other technicians, but with things that go on in your life. Uh, perhaps you have uh, children who are of special needs, or maybe you you raise even just dogs or cattle or horses or whatever. And and every once in a while, as we know, uh, animals and children and other assorted things can have concerns and and some of these concerns may involve you not actually going to work that day and you would like to know or it would be nice to know how that's going to be handled by the people you work for i mean just as an example let's say your dog dies okay you know you've had the dog 15 years and he was towards the end of his uh, existence but you know i mean we have and i i have had myself as well uh, extremely close relationships with my dog i mean uh, the dogs are very important to me i know they're important to a lot of you and if you have a dog that dies you're not going to want to work that day and if your boss calls you up and breaks your chops about staying home because your dog died then your boss needs to have the shit beaten out of him because you might like your boss but you loved your dog and if your dog passes away you need to deal with that and if you get six or seven texts from him and maybe he calls you two or three times and says i need you here i need you here you need to come in you need to do this no no seriously there is absolutely fucking nothing that I do for you that is so fucking important that I have to stop what I'm doing in dealing with my dog or any other family problem or any other sort of problem I'm dealing with. And then when you go in, you need to set this guy straight. You say, listen, you know, this is this is a one-time thing only. And I don't appreciate you getting all up in my shit and pissing me off. And if you do it again, I will come in and I will quit and then I will punch you in the face as hard as I fucking can. You understand me? I don't break your balls when you don't show up for work for whatever fucking reason. I expect you to return the favor, okay? This is something that you might want to know before you get into that particular situation. Find out when they're painting you the rosy picture, just say, look, I have 
horses, okay? And every once in a while, I have to stay home from work to tend to a horse that's either dying or is pregnant or is sick or hurt. What's the deal going to be? And write it down. Write it down. Make some sort of comment that makes them remember that they said this to you because a lot of times, and this is what I'm trying to tell you, a lot of times things that they say to you in the interview suddenly disappear or change after you're hired. So that's what I'm trying... That's basically the gist of this entire podcast that people are going to say and or do anything to get you to work for them and the more experience the more training and the more ability that you have the more they're going to lie to you that is at least my opinion I believe it's true Uh, they'll roll out the red carpet they will tell you how great it is there that you know the bathrooms are cleaned uh, every five minutes and then the shop's always clean and there's lots of easy to do work and everything's great and, and you know uh, lunch is free every single day and you know we only have to work eight to five and man you, you, you already know that any of that or all of that together or separately is just a bunch of bullshit okay so find out what's important to you make sure you get the facts on what they're going to do for you and then hold them to their promises and you know what? If they don't keep their promises, if they say, oh, well, that's just something we said in the interview. They say, oh, well, here's something I say right before I quit. Fuck you. I'm out of here. I'm greasing the wheels, bitches. Because as, as I've said a thousand times, and I'm going to probably say it a thousand more times, folks, there's a dire apocalyptic shortage of technicians. Do not put up with horse shit from the shop the dealership, the service manager, the advisors, anybody else in your building, don't put up with that shit. Just get the fuck out. People will hire you anywhere. Just be careful. And, you know, ask if you ask the right questions, you may not have to grease the wheels as often as some of us do. Some of us, I know, have greased the wheels in the last 10 years uh, five, six times, okay? It's not really a optimum kind of a situation. It happens. Uh, things things go wrong, things get said, things get done wrong, things get promised, promises get broken, and guess what? We grease the fucking wheels, okay? Don't be afraid to do it. You know, and, and here's another thing, too. I just want to throw this in there real quick before I get the fuck out of here. If you live in a place where there's only like two auto repair shops and you've worked at both of them and both of them suck, look at yourself in the mirror and just say, you know what? I'm going to have to move. I'm going to have to move. Maybe you're attached to the area you're from, but you know what? There's other places in the country that are just as nice, just as cool as wherever ever it is that you live. There's some places that are even way better. So if you put it in your mind that you would move to leave a job, that you would move to a different part of the country, even maybe just a few miles away, maybe 50, 75, or 100 miles away, you might enjoy an extraordinary amount of opportunities in a new area, in a new area of the country, maybe even just a few hundred miles away from where you live now. And it's not so bad being 100 or 200 miles from where you're from. You can always go home. And, and you know what? For, even for a little while, you could even commute. It would kind of suck, but I've heard of people doing it. It kind of makes for a long day. But, uh, you know, if you have a, a car that drives fairly nice and has a good stereo and maybe the air conditioning works really well, boom, just do it. Fuck it. I, I had a commute of a mile, of uh, 55 miles from one job to my house. And whenever I made that drive home, by the time I got home, I couldn't even remember anything that happened that day. 
It was so absolutely awesome for deprogramming, okay? So don't fence yourself in. Don't box yourself into one particular area to work in. Expand your horizons. Maybe uh, the rate of pay in another location, uh, maybe even perhaps halfway or all the way across the country, might be enticing enough for you to move to that part of the country to do what you do now and make double, okay? It has happened. It happened to me. I make... uh, way more money than I used to at my last job, and I couldn't be happier about that, to be honest with you. And you want to know what? It didn't really involve that much of a sacrifice on my part because I just I just needed to do it, and it's worked out really well for me, and I'm, I'm happy. So uh, find a way to make yourself happy. Maybe find a shop somewhere in a different part of the country or maybe even a different part of the world. I know some of you listen overseas, and I, I find that amazing. Uh, because nobody here is listening to me. <laughs> nobody in the United States cares what you think, Jimmy. It's just people in Scotland and in in England and Australia. Well, fine. You know what? I, I'd love to come and visit you. I really would. I mean that sincerely too, because I'd like to see some of the places uh, where you folks work and how you get things done in different parts of the world. I think it'll be awesome. But uh, for right now, I'm kind of uh, rooted where I'm at. So perhaps maybe in retirement, I will come around and I will visit you and we'll spin some spanners or whatever you call them (laughs) and uh, have some warm beers or maybe some cold ones or maybe we'll drink something else. I don't know. Maybe we'll just... Maybe we'll just boil some crack. I don't know. Whatever turns you on. I know that technicians like to do a lot of different stuff. And uh, I find that very cool. So listen, uh, just before I go, I just want to say, make sure that you hold your employer's feet to the fire when they start to promise you stuff. You know what a really good idea might be to record uh, an interview with a small digital recorder. I have one myself. I use it to uh, marshal my ideas for this podcast. It works extremely well. It, it has a very sensitive microphone. So if I put it in my pocket, I turn it on, boom. Anything anybody says to me within literally 25 yards, it picks it up and I can hear it. So, and you might want to just tell them, say, listen, I'm going to record this interview with you. And they might go, well, why are you going to do that? I go, because you're going to fucking lie to me. You're going to tell me all kinds of horse shit to get me to come and work for you. And then when I say, hey, what about this? You said it wasn't going to be like this. No, well, we lied. And you just fucking play back the tape player. say, well, here's what you said. And if this isn't the way it's going to be, then I'm out the fucking door. Okay. Anyway, that's enough of that. Uh, seriously, make sure you hold their feet to the fire. And you know what? try that sometime and maybe if I ever go to look for another job I might try that myself I say listen I'm going to record this interview so that when you guys start telling me some outlandish shit that isn't true I can nail you to the cross with it okay and then it might change everything and they might just ask you to go who knows but since you're highly desirable experienced trained technicians in a world where there are none you could probably get away with it okay anyway that's enough of me for this week This is your Uncle Jimmy signing off, and when I do that, I usually go, see ya. This episode of Grease the Wheels was sponsored by Hemp It Up. Hemp It Up is your source for edible, transdermal, and every other form of CBD products that you can imagine. Now, CBD is a bit of a hot-button topic right now, but let our expert friends at Hemp It Up sort it out for you. Their knowledgeable staff at their locations in Rochester and Syracuse will get you the CBD product that you need when you need it the most. We especially like transdermal CBD balm after a long day of turning wrenches. You rub some of that on your hands, your neck, and your shoulders, and you're good to go for tomorrow. Also, stop in and mention Grease the Wheels for 5% off your order. Hemp it up. Rochester and Syracuse is source for CBD and the only CBD company trusted by Grease the Wheels. You can check them out online at hempitupgifts.com. That is hempitup.com. 
Rochester and Syracuse, CBD, it's good stuff, keeps us turning wrenches, keeps us on the move. 